This week on the show, our pop culture references. We talk about Disney's 1961 animated feature, 101 Dalmatians. And fortune cookies. It's August 2022 and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back to Lunchbox Reaction. We've only been doing this for 101 episodes, and we're all just sitting here staring at each other going, hey, are you going to do it? No, you should No, you should start. No, you should start. We're all too nice to each other. Dang it. <laughs> okay. I am this week's host, Evan, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Brian. Hello. So let's get this week started with our pop culture references. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. This is something that I ran across in the news recently. Have you two heard of ElfQuest? No. I feel like I've heard it somewhere before. So ElfQuest was a comic series created by Wendy and Richard Peeney in 1978. So it's been around a long, long, long time. That's like a thousand years. (laughs) That's like a thousand years. So it came out when I was eight years old. I had first heard of it, I think, in my early teens... Because I, I knew some kids at school who were reading it. I never got into it, but it, it was sort of a high fantasy series, you know, along the lines of Lord of the Rings, maybe. But it's these elves who... Go on a quest. Go on a quest. Yeah. I, 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 again, I haven't read it, so I'm not all that up on it. But it's been published on and off since 1978. There were just some, some new books came out in 2019, I think, even. But uh, the reason it's in the news now is that there's going to be a 10-episode audio drama podcast coming out within a week or two from now, and that might be worth checking out. So if you're into ElfQuest, if you know what it is, or maybe even if you don't know what it is, uh, look it up, check it out, and uh, I'm I'm certainly going to listen to it and see what it's like. So yeah, that's my news. What about you two? My pop culture reference for this week is that the Minnesota State Fair is happening now. I'm just excited about it. We already went to it, and it is very fun. I'm just excited about it because we haven't really gone in two years. But yeah, it's fun. We tried a lot of the food. We watched the parade that Linnea was in. And I I won one of the scam games and got a really huge prize. It was a big stuffed dragon. Wait, that's where you got the? Yeah. yeah. Where do you think I got it? I thought you just bought it. No, he won that at one of the Midway game stations, and I was actually there to see it, and I couldn't believe it it was a game where you had to throw balls at cans, right? You had to knock over cans. Yeah, like one of those games. And the guy there let you lean way over, and you were practically touching them with the ball, and you more or less just pushed the ball into the cans and knocked them over, and he gave you a prize, and I... I kept thinking, I wonder if he just let you win that way so that people would see you walking around with a prize and be more likely to come and try it. I, I don't know. I was just, it was just so bizarre that he let you do that. I think there was a sign on the side of it that said you could lean in as much as you want. Because I would think everyone would win then. I, I, it's just so strange. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so you had to walk around the rest of the day with that big dragon. I didn't mind it, though. It was very comfy. <laughs> and ate lots of food, went on some rides. Yeah, it was a good time. If you're listening and you have a state fair in your state, 
And you want to tell us about it, what your favorite food is, favorite ride, yeah, drop us a line and let us know. We always like hearing from our listeners. I thought you were about to say, if you have one in your state, then don't go there. Come to ours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though we're not in Iowa, I'm going to say that our state fair is a great state fair. (laughs) Don't miss it. Don't even be late. (laughs) And if you're a musical fan, you'll catch that reference. All right, Linnea, you're up. My pop culture thing for this week is... So, like, you know how we talked about Stray a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. So, lately, gamers have been playing it on Twitch and stuff and live-streaming it, and by doing that, they're raising money for animal shelters. So, the Stray game is actually helping real-life cats, and I just thought that was cool. Oh, that's neat. So, remember when we did our review, I said that I hadn't finished it? Have you finished it now? No, I still haven't. I sat <laughs> down to, to play again the other day. And I got really frustrated and I quit because <laughs> I was at a point, again, where those little chicken-like zergs are chasing you. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting really, really, really annoyed. I couldn't <laughs> get past it. And I actually ended up watching a, a walkthrough. And watching the walkthrough, I was only, I think I only had one jump left that I could have done and then I would have been past it. But what I didn't like about the area I was in is that the control switch because sometimes it felt like so, so when you're on when you're on the top of this platform you can use your mouse to look around and your keys to navigate but once once you slide down this ramp and the zerks start chasing you it's like the mouse doesn't work anymore and you have to just use your keys oh you're in that part yeah that part took me forever and and so then you just use your keys but then when you get right to the very end then suddenly the mouse works again and i couldn't like, I couldn't navigate over to where I needed to jump. And it, oh, I just got so frustrated that I quit. Anyway, <laughs> one of these days I will get by it. I did that part first try. That part took me like 10 tries. Yeah, I was probably on about uh, 15 or 16 and I gave up. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so uh, you're raising raising money for charity, for cats. And dogs, too, or just cats? Uh, I I mean, I assume dogs, too. Okay, so just animals in general. Yeah, yeah, animal shelters. And was this something done by the company, or was it just random people? No, just people streaming the game. Okay, nice. I think the company may have helped, too, like with partnerships and stuff. Streamers do stuff like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's apropos that we end on that, because we are going to be talking about dogs and cats, mostly dogs, as we talk about... Disney's 1961 animated feature, 101 Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians is a 1961 American animated feature film produced by Disney and based on the 1956 novel The 101 Dalmatians by Dodie Smith. The movie was Disney's 17th animated feature film and it was directed by Hamilton Lusky. Clyde Geronimi and Wolfgang Reitherman, and written by Bill Pete. The film tells the story of Pongo, a Dalmatian who lives with a musician named Roger Radcliffe. Pongo tries to find a suitable match for Roger, and eventually they meet a woman named Anita and her Dalmatian Perdita. Pongo and Perdita have a litter of 15 puppies, but when the puppies are kidnapped by Anita's friend, Cruella Deville, the two dogs set out to rescue their family. The film was released in January 1961 and was a box office success, becoming the eighth highest grossing movie of that year. Okay, so we sat down the other day and watched this. 
this was the first time I had seen it probably in 20 years or more. I can't remember the last time I watched it. How about you two? Have you seen it before? I think the last time I watched it was when I was at my daycare, like when I was seven or something. Yeah, me too. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Oh, and, and I suppose right, right at the outset, I should say, the reason we're doing this is this is that this is our 101st episode. So you know, what better subject to do than 101 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. if you're wondering that why we picked that this week. So, so you probably both watched it together then at daycare? Yeah. When you were there? Yeah. So this movie was made in 1961, so a long time ago. This was even, even nine years before I was born, right? And I'm old. So I guess I'm wondering, does this movie feel old to you or does it feel like it could have been made recently? How does it feel to you, just its general feeling? The animation feels old. And the fact that Roger smokes all day feels old. Yeah. But otherwise, it could be a new movie. Yeah, well, just watching Roger puff on his pipe continuously <laughs> for the first half hour of the movie is pretty funny. And then there's there's even a sort of a running gag where he can't get his pipe lit because Pongo keeps pulling him. Up in the corner of the screen, there's a there's a, the little caption about uh, this movie has smoking or or. or was it depictions of smoking or something like that? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty funny. Back on the day, that was probably just fine for kids to watch. Well, right, yeah, there was there wouldn't have been anything because people everywhere smoked. It's not really a thing anymore. I mean, people still smoke, but you don't see it the way we did when I was a kid. So, Evan, you thought the animation looked a little older dated? Yeah. How about you, Linnea? What did you think? I thought it looked old, but I kind of liked the animation style. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I I think the animation held up really well. Mm-hmm. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's not good. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I know that. I guess I enjoyed the animation. I thought it I thought it was very well done. Of course, this is long before the days of computer animation, so everything was all hand drawn and and colored. I noticed that the colors were very muted. A, a lot of the backgrounds, especially later in the movie, were just very muted grays and dark blues and the backgrounds always reminded me of charlie brown yeah oh really how so just like how they were drawn they reminded me of charlie brown Hmm. okay in their simplicity or in the line work i I guess the lines okay the lines look kind of like pencil-y like they're just sketched out so right off the bat we meet Pongo the dog and his owner, who Pongo actually calls his pet, Roger. And Roger is a musician. I mean, he seems mildly successful. I mean, it seems like they have a nice flat. They live in London, but Pongo is bored. He wants his owner to to have a a companion, and he kind of wants a companion too. And he's looking out the window, so he gets to meet or see lots of potential partners. What'd you think of all the various dogs and? lady friends who Pongo sees. I thought it was funny that the dogs looked like their owners. Yeah, that was very amusing, wasn't it? You couldn't tell whether he was describing the dog or the owner. Also, I like how all the dogs came back eventually in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, if you pay attention to things like that. So eventually, Pongo spies Anita and Perdita walking by. He uh, moves the clock so that his owner... Roger thinks that it's actually later than it is so they can go out for a walk because he always quits work at 5 o'clock or something like that. So they head out for a walk. Some comedy ensues. 
So they meet, they fall in love, they uh, move in together, and then we see that the two dogs are expecting some puppies to come. All of this happens in like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. There's not even really a montage. It's just sort of a, there's a scene of them getting married and then, then suddenly we're, we're living together. It's, you know, who knows? It's been a year. Who knows? Anyway, suddenly we're getting some exposition now. And it, it, to me, it's funny how fast this happened. We suddenly meet, well, we don't even meet. We hear about Anita's former classmate and friend, <laughs> Cruella DeVille. <laughs> okay. So if you have a friend named Cruella, I mean, do you think maybe you should rethink your choice of friends? <laughs> no! <laughs> like, like, you know, do you have a friend you just hang out with mean mean Max or something <laughs> or or evil Eric, uh, you know, Cruella DeVille. Yeah, oh yeah, she's my friend from school. And it's funny because they make no bones about her being mean and not liking her, but it's just so bizarre to me. If they would make a sequel, the villain would be Eve Eleanor. And then I guess even more funny is, so Roger is a musician and he's making songs about his <laughs> wife's friend. Being like, really evil. Yeah, mean. evil song. Like, yeah, and just singing. As she's about to walk in the door. Yeah. Oh, my friend is coming over, Cruella. Oh, Cruella de Vil. You know. She's like she, a spider she's waiting like for the kill. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. And like, like if she doesn't scare you, then nothing else will. I mean, it, it's just funny. It would be, I mean, what, what would Anita think? I mean, to, that, so that's another thing. So here's. Anita's husband is making fun of her friend and singing mean songs about her, but she doesn't, she's not really doing that much. Like, does she know that she's evil? She's not, she's not sticking up for her, but she knows that she, it's just, it's very bizarre. This whole, this whole relationship. Also at the end, that song gets really popular. And what's, I'm just confused because why would you like a song that's talking about a real person being insanely evil? Yeah. It would be like if... if uh, Like somebody you don't know, somebody just insulting. Like if we started making evil songs about Jeff Bezos or something. <laughs> it, it would just... <laughs> and it's on the radio, but, you know, but he's just like, okay, whatever. Will Smith. So I, I found that very strange. Uh, but then Corella, yeah, she just invites herself in and... Several times. Several times. <laughs> Tells them that she's going to sell them the puppies. Doesn't really give them a choice. She's just like, I'm taking the puppies. You can thank me later. She wants to sell the puppies, but she's not patient. Of <laughs> She's not ready to wait for the puppies. She's not doing any of that. And if they say, like, hey, can we think about this for a second? She's like, oh, so you don't want to buy them now, I see. So, so I guess maybe her name, you know, fits her character, of course, Corella Deville, because she she makes fun of their income, and she says, "Well, you're you're going to want to sell the puppies to me because you're not making any money." Um, <laughs> you know, she pretty much states that flat out. And then finally, Roger stands up to her and says, "Nope, no, we're not selling the puppies." And uh, even though the puppies haven't even been born yet, and that's another thing I was thinking of. For any of you, either Lene or Evan, if your friends have pets, do you know when their pets are going to have a litter of puppies or kittens? Like, how does she even know this? No, the second the dog gives birth, she walks through the door. Yeah. (laughs) What? She has some kind of a 
puppy detector. It's just... <laughs> just If you're going to hang out with one of your classmates in the future, don't hang out with Corel DeVille. Hang out with good fellow Will. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, silly setup. But Corella is an amusing character. She's very over the top and funny and... And uh, she has an awesome car. I don't know what it is. The car almost seems like a character. Mm-hmm. It feels like the front of it is a face. Like the headlights almost look like eyes to me. I don't know if you caught that at all whenever it's... Maybe they were referencing cars <laughs> from 40 years in the past. You mean in the future? I don't know, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the puppies come. Puppies arrive. We have 15 puppies and... One of them dies. One of them dies, but comes back to life with a little, you know, it, it just wasn't dead. It just probably just wasn't breathing, right? Yeah. That's kind of scary that they're about to, like, throw it away, though. Yeah. They didn't give it a chance. Yeah, the dad, know, the dad or, or Roger knows dog CPR, and I suppose you want to build a little dramatic tension in there. But now, was that Lucky? I sort of assumed that that dog was Lucky. Me too. Just because that's what they named him. And some of the dogs have names. Do we have? Did we have fifteen names? I don't even I don't remember. Think so. Yeah, I think we do, but a lot of them are just randomly <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. <laughs> There's one that was named Roly. Was that the one that was always hungry? Probably. Yeah. I'm hungry, Dad. I'm hungry. Yeah. There's I'm one named Patch that had a patch on its eye. Yeah. So the dogs age up a month or two, so they get their spots, and then. Corella sends her henchmen back to grab the puppies, which they do, of course. So then the the hunt is on. What happened to the puppies? How can we find them? The humans go to the... News. Go to the Scotland Yard and news and the police. The dogs go to the Scotland Yard. Well, the dogs go to the great... Uh, what was it called? The Great Dane guy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they go to the Great Dane, but but they talk about the Twilight Bark which is apparently the dog communication relay across Britain. So the dogs start howling and the news travels that way. Apparently, it's kind of like Morse code or something. There's yips, there's barks, and there's howls. Yeah, so sometimes the dogs talk and other times they howl and bark. Was there ever any rhyme or reason between that? I don't know. Or was it just sort of whatever the plot needed? The dogs bark from the human perspective, but also the dogs bark when they're mad. I think. Is the barking supposed to be like Morse code when they're communicating? It felt like it at some points, especially when the cat and the horse were interpreting for the for the old dog, mm-hmm. the colonel. Uh, but that that's a little later. Okay, so we meet the Great Dane, who Evan pointed out looked like who? Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I can see that. I, it, that, uh, that Great Dane looks just like Scooby-Doo. So word gets spread around. And eventually we find out that the puppies are at the old DeVille place way out in the country. And a cat goes to investigate, finds the puppies, sends word back. So uh, Pongo and Perdita head out into the cold of a winter night to try to rescue the puppies uh, at the house, at the old DeVille estate, which is apparently no one's living in except Except, you know, the dogs see that, well, there's there were some barks and there's light and there there was a fire, so they know that something's going on there. There's actually lots of little Dalmatians there because the uh, because Corella's henchman has been capturing dogs from all over Britain 
And, she, of course, she wants to make a fur coat out of all these puppies. Multiple fur coats. And that's what makes her the, what, evil Cruella that she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you think of her motivation? All she, all she wants is a fur coat, right? I guess. So so I guess, you know, it. I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. Does she want it for herself, or I mean, is she going to make multiple and sell them? You know, I'm thinking of, so think of other Disney evil characters like uh you know like we have snow white and the the queen right what did she want oh she just wanted she was what she she thought snow white was too beautiful right is that what it was yeah, yeah. and we have uh gaston gaston well yeah he just wanted to marry bell right oh and little mermaid uh what did she want she wanted her voice right the yeah. the big octopus lady yeah so uh i don't know in the grand scheme of things what do you think Killing puppies to make coats? I guess that's pretty evil. It's a pretty <laughs> average on the Disney evil scale. <laughs> so, yeah. And somehow the dogs know this. The dogs seem to understand English, I guess. It's kind of weird that in so many movies, all the animals are able to communicate with each other and understand human English, but humans can't understand anything. There should be a movie where only the dogs can communicate and and they don't understand humans. So the humans just sound like... That would be more realistic. Well, it's almost like Peanuts, right? Yeah. We were talking yeah. about Charlie Brown earlier where, the, where all the parents go. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, so back to the movie. The cat helps the puppies escape. Uh, Pongo and Perdita show up. They head out into the cold winter night. The henchmen are chasing them. We get help from other dogs in the area. We kept joking about the two dying. The witch? The two of the main dogs. Oh, yeah. We're at, yeah there's one point where it looks like they're almost going to get run over by a car. They're going to drown. And then they have to go through a frozen river or a, a raging river that's probably ice cold. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, movie's going to end here. 99 Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, they make it. It's a Disney movie, of course. Then we get into some kind of a small town. The, all the dogs decide they're going to disguise themselves in soot so that they're black and not uh, not white with spots. And this this had me thinking of a book that we've read. Uh, I don't know if do you two remember Harry the Dirty Dog? <gasps> That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Oh yeah, Harry the Dirty Dog. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, Harry the Dirty Dog. If you don't know that, it's a book. It was published in 1956. Oh, so it's that old? Yeah, so it actually came out before this movie, and I I started wondering if some of the ideas for this movie were based on that book. I mean, even though this book. Or, so this movie was based on a book, 101 Dalmatians. But, yeah, the whole thing about disguising yourself in soot, I don't, it, it just made me think of Harry the Dirty Dog. So I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I guess we'd have to read the original book to figure out uh, how, how the story goes in that. Anyway, yeah, the, uh, the silly henchman can't realize that all these hundreds of puppies that are black <laughs> are are actually just the Dalmatians in disguise. Uh, the Dalmatians... Oh, we have a big car chase. Oh, yeah. Imagine being the driver of a truck in a car chase that you don't know that you're in a car chase mm-hmm. and wonder why this crazy lady and these two guys in an old jalopy are trying to run you off the road. Yeah. I don't understand that if she wanted the puppies, why would she be trying to get it to fall off the cliff? Because all the puppies would die. Yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't eat them alive. She just wants their skins, right? I mean, how would she go get them back, though? (laughs) When she falls off the cliff, she ends up fine. But that just might be because of her supercar. 
Yeah, her car. I want I want to know who makes her car because her car can survive pretty much anything. It can go down a bank across a river into a huge snowdrift that covers it and then immediately be able to drive right out of it. That's the kind of car we need here in Minnesota, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> but eventually the villains get their comeuppance and the puppies and parents get back into town. They count up the puppies. They have 101. Or Well, no, there's 99 puppies. The two adults, so that makes 101. And uh, Roger and Anita decide to keep them all. And, yeah, and now they can because they now have money because the song that he made about Cruella DeVille <laughs> is popular. It's so mean. But it's kind of weird that, like, immediately after his dogs go missing is when he chooses to release the song. <laughs> and then it just becomes popular. It's like, well, all well, my dogs are dead. Anyway, we got this really popular song. And yeah, Evan, at one point you were describing, oh, and so just jumping back a bit to where the the puppies were trying to escape. Oh yeah, Home Alone. You, yeah. So why don't, you, why don't you describe that? So when the puppies are trying to escape the two guys, it was basically just kind of becoming Home Alone since they kept having these fun schemes against the guys that kept working. The guys were chasing them around the house. And the fact that there are just two guys there. It's like the Wet Bandits. Yeah, very very reminiscent of Home Alone. So, yeah, everything ends happily. It's a short movie, 90 minutes, hour and a half. Did it seem like much happened in the movie? Like, I'm thinking of other movies that are hour and a half, and it seemed like, just in the grand scheme of things, it, it seemed like not much happened really? really yeah i kind of see because there is some clips that i felt kind of went on for a really long time like w- when it was the dog translating the morse code barks i felt like that scene went on for like 20 minutes <laughs> the movie has both a lot of story but also not enough story because i feel like it would take you a while to describe what happens in the movie but then when you watch the movie everything feels like long and ugh. i think it's just probably the the difference in pacing from modern movies to to an older movie. And I also think I think this is a very gentle movie. Like you can take pretty young kids to it cuz there's not really that much that's scary. Like kind of like Totoro. Yeah, kind of like Totoro. Totoro is much more peaceful though. Well, yeah, much more peaceful. <laughs> and you don't see people smoking in Totoro. <laughs> but in this movie, even the villain Cruella and her henchmen aren't really that scary. The henchmen are pretty buffoonish, and Cruella is just sort of a big talker. But in the grand scheme of things, they don't really ever do that much. I mean, the worst thing they do... I'm trying to think. The worst thing the henchmen really do is is they lock the maid in the attic, and, uh, you know, they never actually hit any puppies or, you know, kill any puppies, and... They just watch What's Your Crime. Yeah, yeah, they watch a show on TV called What's Your Crime. <laughs> and it's funny because they know the contestant. <laughs> hey, I wonder what he did. <laughs> oh, look, it's Jimmy. So, yeah, it's kind of one of the first reality shows back in 1961. Was that a real show? No, no. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I, well, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that. I mean, I suppose it could have been, but I just thought it was for the movie. So, yeah, I think pretty much any age can watch this movie. It's, it's pretty cute. Of course, kids like puppies. <laughs> On the grand scheme of things, how would you rate this movie? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. The pacing is not good. 
but the story is pretty good. I gave it a seven too because I thought it was really funny, especially when he was just singing a song about his wife's friend being evil. I think I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I enjoyed it. I liked the animation. I thought it was very well done. The story, like I said, is a nice, gentle story for family. It's cute. I think it was fun. Fun movie. It was fun to see it again after all these years. Do I need to watch it again quickly or anytime soon? No. You know, I've I've seen it now. And I really don't feel the need to watch any of these remakes or redos or, I, I don't know, I almost feel like they would spoil the original. Have you two watched any of those other ones? Like the, the live action? No. Mm-mm. No. There, there was a Cruella show that came out recently. Yeah. A part of me is curious about that, but then, I don't know, I, I feel like it didn't get all that great reviews. I would be confused what they would do with it, because we did not know that much about her. Maybe they're delving into her backstory, but I, I almost think that would ruin it. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like I knew more about Cruella before I watched the movie than I did after Okay. All right. Yeah, so there we go. Our 101st episode talking about 101 Dalmatians, I think. So we all generally generally liked it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, then it's time to move on to... Fortune cookies. Okay. My fortune for this week is... You will be fortunate in everything you put your hands to. I think we've gotten that one before. Mine is nothing is eternal, not even your troubles. Mm, that's a good one. I'm, I'm just going to read mine here. It's doing good with what you've got that lights the morning star. Mm, poetic. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the evening star? All the stars go away in the morning. All right. Well, there we go. That wraps up episode 101 of Lunchbox Reaction. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. You can find us on Twitter at lunchboxreact. My name is Brian. I've been joined by my two co-hosts, Linnea. That's me. And Evan. I'm here, too. And we will see you all next week at the lunch table. So long. Bye. Bye. We should all sing Cruella de Vil. <laughs> Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. She doesn't scare you. That nobody will. <laughs>